Gold Star Promotions is proud to present Floyd Money Mayweather. The man himself is coming to the UK for his UK tour, February and March 2020. For all info and tickets, Gold Star Promotions, the host of UK. Both Ryan Garcia and Devin Haney have had flawless starts to their professional career, both of them boasting undefeated records. Devin Haney 24 and 0 and Ryan Garcia 19 and 0. Obviously Ryan Garcia carrying them 16 KOs whilst Devin Haney boasts 15 on his records. Devin you could say is probably the more successful out of the two at the moment in the professional ranks having won a WBC World Lightweight title. Now this was posted on the Zone's Twitter page just a while ago. But six years ago today Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia fought out in the 2014 USA Boxing National Junior Championships. Devin Haney came out on top in that fight and then he saw this um, post obviously and he retweeted it by saying he put I will destroy him now he's very confident that he will beat Ryan Garcia and a lot of people that I've seen on Twitter seem to give him an upper hand as he is the WBC world champion um, he's for probably higher level opponents um, in the rankings than uh, Ryan Garcia has Ryan Garcia has also had some tough opponents but he's made good work of them and he's, he's really shown his speed and power what do you guys think of this future matchup they're all they're both very young Ryan Garcia obviously 21 and so is Devin Haney still 21 years of age it's a brilliant young matchup but I don't think we'll see it anytime soon um, as there's a lot of money to be made from this fight but it's a brilliant little fight who would you have winning if this fight did take place Hey Fight Fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking the icon right here and hit the bell button so that every time we upload a new video, you get an alert so that you don't miss out. Andrew McCart, IFL TV in association with MTK Global. I'm here in Edinburgh, lock-in boxing gym where it all starts for Aye. one and only Josh Taylor. First of all, before so, we talk anything, mate, happy new year. Aye, cheers, man. Fine for you, yeah. You're good, man. Well, let's just dive straight <coughs> deep end. Let's get to the nitty-gritty. Yesterday, huge, huge news for yourself, as well as probably Scottish boxing as well, that you've signed a promotional deal with Top Rank and Bob Arum. Aye. Probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest promoter in the world. Then... An advisory deal with probably the biggest, uh, is the biggest management company yeah. in the, the world of boxing, NTK. I mean, how are you feeling at this moment in time? I'm actually, I'm pretty excited, you know, mm. uh, I'm pretty excited that to with what the future holds, you know, I mean, uh, like you said, the biggest banner basically in Scotland is the top rank in ESPN, so all the big name fighters are sort of, well, most of them, and especially my weight and round about my weight are under top rank, so it's easier for me to for now for their fights to be made without any of the boxing politics getting in the way any of that so these fights with like say Ramirez and Terence Crawford if I move up and things like that that's easy to make so ah, it's uh, brilliant I can't wait to see what the future holds can't wait to get going I've got to ask obviously with top rank as well you mentioned ESPN over in the States as well I mean just as well with MTK you've got like Tyson Fury messaged you Carl Frampton's done his Hi. little bit I mean how does it feel to be part of that family or the MTK family and have all these sort of like teammates now messaging you because everyone says it's like a family MTK I how does that good feel? seeing the big man Fury saying uh, you know uh, all the best and blah 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 is number one but 
He's the king. I'm the daddy now. Yeah, I'm the daddy. <laughs> Josh, always remember I'm the king of MTJ. You're the big man. Uh, no, you? it, was, it was good. He sent us a, a couple of messages uh, privately on Instagram as well. So, um, aye, it's good to get messages for people uh, like that. You know, I look up to for years. So, aye, it's, uh, it's been great. So, the response I got yesterday has been brilliant. So, aye, I'm, I'm chuffed, chuffed to bits. You did mention <laughs> that the, the, the biggest fights are underneath the top rank umbrella. <coughs> I mean, the most obvious one we can talk about is. The Ramirez fight. Mm. I mean, you've got two belts. You've got the Ring Magazine belt. He's got the other two belts. Probably the belt that most fighters want is the WBC yeah. belt. Yeah. Yeah. He holds that. Is that fight going to happen this year in your eyes? Do you think? I think it has to happen. Um, I certainly want it to happen. One hundred percent, I want it to happen. So he's got the mandatory. Sorry, <coughs> he's got the mandatory. Has to do in February against Postal. I've got a mandatory. I have to do my BF belt. Um, I think it's a guy from Thailand. I can't, I can't really I pronounce his name. I think it's something like that. So um, I've got a, a mandatory against him first. So I need to get that out of the way. He needs to get Postal out of the way. And even if Postal comes through that, that's the fight that I want because he's going to then have the two other belts. So um, that fight has to happen at some point this year. Um, that's my goal. That's all I want to do. That's my focus on this year. Is want to become undisputed king. You know. So that's what I want to do. Be undisputed and be the first guy to do it since Ken Buchanan. So. We're talking about Ken Buchanan because look, this is. Uh, so. I'm just going to go up to there if I can pan up at Ken Buchanan. That's him with the WBC uh, belt up there. I mean, what does that mean to you? Does that mean more to you than maybe winning all these world titles? I just know, think it's. I don't know how much you idolise Ken Buchanan. So I just think it's amazing like how similar our stories have been. Uh, both uh, the same sort of city roundabout, mm-hmm. the same area. You know, as ex-wife is from Preston Pans I'm from Preston Pans you know my, one of my first coaches was one of Ray, uh, Kenny's sons Raymond mm-hmm. um, so it's meant how, how close we actually are connected you know so and to be the first person that's so close to achieved what he's done um, from the same city and the same the connection we've got it's just unbelievable so that's the, the goal that I want to do I want to emulate what he's done and you know, and then bring all the belts back to him and say, look, I've done it just like you, champ, you know. So uh, he always said to me when I turned pro as well that I'm going to be world champion and I'm going to do it. So it's good to have uh, proved him right. So one Definitely. more step and one more I've step. done what he's done. So I'll be I'll be over the moon. I could I could then easily retire if I wanted to, you know. You I've, already, I've already achieved what I wanted to achieve in, mm-hmm. in boxing, which has become world champion. But now I'm setting new goals to become undisputed world champion want to win that then I really not got anything else to prove so either move up um, to 147 and go and chase some titles there and uh, big fights there so aye everything now everything from now on in whatever happens is is a massive bonus for me you know I've achieved what I wanted to do uh, what I set out to do as a 14-15 year old kid to become world champion and uh, that's what I've dreamed about for these years so I've done that now and now it's about setting new goals and before, that's what... before this undisputed you mentioned yourself you've got this um mandatory position. I don't know what's been told because maybe it's all been still fresh with the time of top ranking and whatnot but where are you hoping to be out next to fulfil this mandatory duty? Will it be in Scotland? Will it be stateside? Or I'm hoping it'll be in Scotland. I'm hoping mm-hmm. it'll have a kind of like a, a defence in Scotland you know before I then go stateside and chase the Ramirez fight. Um, I can't see Ramirez coming over here. Um, I can't see that happening but I'll, I'd like to get it here. I'll try and push mm-hmm. for it to have it here but um, if I have to go to America, then fair play, I'll go to America, see my name up in big bright lights, you know. MGM. In the, in the garden. Garden, or, or yeah. MGM, aye. So, aye, so I'm, uh, it's, 
I'm I'm happy for what's going into the future's bright, you know. So uh, I say uh, I can't wait to get going. Can't wait to get going. If you do become undisputed, obviously there's nothing else for you to do. One forty, you'll probably vacate the belts, let them all go, yeah. let everyone else fight for them. And you you said that you will. You set goals, so the goal was world champion achieved. Unified world champion achieved. Yeah. Undisputed world champion. We're almost there. We're almost there. One and then what's it? Right. Two weight world champion is that one? Well, that's be that'll be the next goal. I right? um, if I win all the belts at. Uh, 140 then I've nothing left to prove at the weight division you know mm. so um, it'd then be a case of sort of vacating or maybe have a couple of defences or whatever um, but the next step the next goal would be to move up and chase big fights up there so that's that's the goal that's the plan providing all goes well well let's hope it, all, it does go well but the thing is is I've watched a few things I think already <coughs> already your name has been mentioned by Terence Crawford a future opponent I think I've I seen a couple of sort of um, the talking heads that they have over in America I've to put my water did you have it? I'll get it later your name's already mentioned as a future opponent for Terence Crawford mm. I mean does that is that adding pressure to you already knowing no, that no. before you become undisputed I've, already done, a name I've never felt you? any pressure like the, I've had all sorts of expectation on my shoulders from going into the Commonwealth Games in 2014 and then obviously turning pro being expected to do this and do that and expected to become world champion and I hope say sort of a full nation on my shoulders mm-hmm. so uh, I'm, I don't feel any pressure I just enjoy it I, I really enjoy the big occasion I enjoy the big nights enjoy the fight night enjoy all the press I enjoy it I love it you know it's, a, it's my dream job I'm doing what I, I love for a living so mm-hmm. I'm not feeling any pressure I'm just I'm just Loving the the ride and enjoying the ride of it. It's my career, you know. So I say uh, I'm just enjoying every minute of it, really. Well, you can see you got a smile on your face, yeah. and it, it's obviously it's good to see. Um, I just want to go back to October last year against Regis Progre. Uh, probably one of the toughest fights you've probably been in. I mean, yeah. it grew on your eye, swelled up to the size of an apple. I mean, looking back in that fight, obviously you thought you won the fight at the moment. Mm, now yeah, Regis yeah. is said that he thought he won the he fight knew, he knew he was beat he mm. knew he was beat you know don't get it wrong it was a close fight it was a really close fight but he knew he knew the better man won on the night and that was definitely me so um i expected that him to start saying that after a, a couple of weeks or mm. months down the line i knew he would start saying like he thought he won but he, he knew he was beat you know he knew he was beat the thing is what was it he's mentioned 147 i mean the fight has been already talked about as potentially one of the fight of the year some mm. publications and people have named it the fight of the year I mean, for, as a fan, as, as me, watching it, I would like to see that fight again. It's a great fight, you know, yeah. of course I would love to fight him again, you know, it was a great fight. You know, um, I enjoyed every second of it, you know, um, I reckon it would have been even wider scorecards if my eye hadn't closed up, you know, the clash of heads all night, every, mm. all night, every night, just accidentally obviously, yeah. but, you know, it wasn't doing it intentionally, but um, clash of heads all night and that's what closed the eye up, and uh, if that hadn't closed up, I reckon I'd have finished even stronger. You know, I'd, I'd have finished strong because I was coming on strong 9-10 then I couldn't see 11-12 I sort of just had to readjust you know the 11th I thought was shared and I gave him the 12th um, but you know if I, that, I hadn't closed up you know that yeah, it was, it was would have been, you know, yeah. been different uh, a different outcome I think um, but having said that I should have would have could have it was a great fight mm. I enjoyed every minute of it hats off to him because he gave me a great fight and he left it all in there as well so and watching it back I've watched it back a few times it's, it's a great fight to watch so yeah of course I'd love to do it again at some point mm. you know he needs to get himself back in title contention have another fight and then get back into back in the mix again so if he comes back and successful then well then why not so but um, I've got bigger things in my mind I've been there done that wool t-shirt 
So it's uh, on to the next thing. It's on to Ramirez. Hopefully get that fight. Um, are we overlooking that fight? Are we, are we overlooking Postal? You said the ring with Postal. I mean, it, yeah, it, I think. You know, I, I expect Postal Ramirez to come through. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Postal is definitely on the slide now. You know, I fought him yeah, about eighteen months ago. Mm-hmm. Now he's fought once, maybe twice since then. Um, not really active anymore. You know, he's, he's, he's went, I think he's went back to Freddie Roach for this this camp. So. You never know. Um, you never know. He is tricky. He is quite awkward. Um, you know, he's got good timing. But I expect, uh, I do expect uh, Ramirez to come through that. Um, but you know, I'm all pal with Postal. You know, you never know the wild old dog. So yeah, yeah. Um, you, you can never, you can never write him off. But I expect Ramirez to come through it just with youth and hunger. And then he's in his prime, his career and that now. So I expect him to come. I expect him to come through that. But. Um, Whoever wins that fight, that's who I'm going to fight because he's going to have the two belts. But I expect Ramirez to come through it. Thing is, as well, is that the WBO mandatory for uh, Ramirez is Jack Carroll. I think Jack's been waiting on the wings for so long yeah, now yeah, as well. Is, yeah. that, is that was that going to be a stumbling block? Do you think maybe going forward for this unification fight, or do you think maybe? Oh, no, listen, I don't know. Just whatever mm. happens, you know, we're both under the same uh, banner now. You know, he's, I'm advisor of MTK now as well, so. Just see how see what happens, but I would like to try and I'd like to think I've got more pulling power because I'm another champion mm-hmm. to get that fight at the two other belts. Um, but having said that, Jack's been mandatory for a while, so you never know. But I'd like to think that um, I like to have the say that you I could probably promise Jack if I win, no game vacated anyway. So listen, it is what it is, but mm-hmm. um, I'd like to think I've got the more pulling power in that one to see if I'm getting the crack at it next. Um, but we just need to wait and see what happens. Go back into the 147 division, I mean, other, other than the heavyweight division, the worldweight division <coughs> and the money division, because of obviously Mayweather, but you've got Earl Spence, Keith, uh, Keith Thurman, Manny Pacquiao, I mean, I remember years and years and years ago, your idol was Manny Pacquiao, mm. I mean, still is. Who, it still is, Man, so who knows, he's got a WBA title in that division, you mm. step up, you could be fighting your idol, I mean, <laughs> Manny Pacquiao would be crazy, never in a million years did I ever think that that could be uh, a fight, me fighting Manny Pacquiao, you know, that's... That's my hero. That's mm-hmm. my idol. That's who I used to try and train like and fight like. And you know, I was just name my dog after him. <laughs> my dog's called dog Manny. Manny. Yep. So uh, everyone and I. So uh, it's it's uh, that's amazing. You know, it's uh, I'd love that. I'd love that to happen. But you know, you never know. You never know what can happen. You it's never know. Possibility. Yes. Everyone's possible. I actually remember you said it, like it was a southpaw club. It's Manny Pacquiao was your idol going forward and mm. stuff like that. And every, even when he, I think when he was going to fight Mayweather, you picked Manny Pacquiao or something because nah, like, you were yeah. that. You just liked the guy so much. I mean. Yeah. That's surreal, Josh. If you think about it as well. But again, the money division—is this what you're aiming for? The big fights, big money. Because you're—if you don't mind me saying—you've just turned twenty-nine. Twenty-nine now, aye. You're getting on last year. Last year, your twenties. I mean, you're going to be in my 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 decade. You'll be thirty next year. Uh, I mean, do you do you feel like now is the time for you to start hitting this career? Hi, like this. I'm in that window in my career now where I need to maximise my earnings mm-hmm. you know, I need to maximise my potential earnings that I can do I mean I must be I must be the only world champion or the only champion in some sort in the whole world in boxing that's not got any sponsorship deals or any endorsement mm-hmm. deals um, and I need to I feel I need to uh, capitalise on that I'm in that window in my career now where I need to like make the most of my potential earnings so yeah, definitely I want, I want to move up to 147 after I've done what I need to do this week go up to 147, have a couple of big fights and uh, retire while I've still got my brains about me and what well, brain, what, well, what brains well, I've got. Well, well, come on now. <laughs> uh, what brains I've got, so while I've still got my faculties about me, yeah. you know, and uh, 
not want to keep fighting just for the love of it and, and then have my health suffer, you know, so no saying goes health as well, so that's what I want to do, I want to earn a few quid. I don't want all the money in the world, but a few quid, you know, and, uh, and make sure I'm looked after, my family's looked after and I can live a good life after boxing, you know, invest it well. And they, uh, aye, that's it. That's a, uh, that's a goal. That's a plan. Do you think, obviously, we have an NTK behind you now? That's a sort of a more achievable goal now. I mean, when you've seen what they've done with guys like Tyson Fury, Carl Frampton, Billy Joe Saunders as well. I mean, they're getting the big fights now. Uh, just talk about getting Canelo and stuff aye. like that. Wilder rematch with Tyson Fury. I mean, the big fights are there for these these fighters. So obviously, with NTK behind you now, do you think you can? <coughs> this is a high possibility that you can achieve these goals that you've set out. Of course, I. Um, I always believe in myself. I believe mm. in my ability. So. Um, I believe that the massive fights can be made easily, especially with MTK and uh, and top rank at the, at the back of me, 100%. So easy to make now as well. The fights in America, being under top rank, it's, these fights are easy to make. So the only negotiation is whether they're going to be here or over there. Where would you like you know, to be? So I mean, you fought in the UK. Obviously, I'd love to fight here. Yeah. I'd love to fight here. I'd love to, I'd love to buy, bring that Ramirez fight here. <laughs> In the summer at Edinburgh Castle or in Easter Road um, yeah. or one of the football stadiums in Edinburgh, you know, so um, it would be, it'd be amazing. Just, uh, I think the castle would be iconic. Like, like, the, the, just the lights the of the things? castle yeah. in the background, the esplanade, the stands I could up. I on Instagram about so, that as well, the, the castle. It so. would just look, it'd be a one-off and mm. Scotland's never seen anything like that, so I'd love to do, I'd love to do that, but um, just need to see what happens, see what comes my way. Just see, cross that bridge when we come exactly. to it. Exactly, but with Scottish boxing as well, we had Cash Fluke, Lee McGregor, mm-hmm. but some really top talent coming underneath you now. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, again, the undercards are there for you. Uh, NTK fighters in Scotland as well, yeah, Kieran yeah, Smith, he's, yeah. he's flying at the moment as well. Kieran Smith, Joe Ham, Joe Ham. You know, you've got Lee, Cash, mm-hmm. you know, you've got, you've got loads of guys coming mm-hmm. through, you know, so aye, it's, it's, it's great, it's great that, it's, uh, that Scottish boxing is in a healthy place now, there's more boxing gyms going on opening up and there's more numbers coming through now so aye it's good it's really good boxing in Scotland's in a healthy place now aye you spoke about the big man Tyson Fury he's got a big fight next month out in Vegas mm. I mean he's obviously he's a fan of yours he said that and you're a fan of his so how well do you how, what, how do you see the fight going by him and Wilder I think very similar to the first one I think uh, Tyson boxes him again um, hopefully it does like obviously hopefully the day two knockdowns were a major factor in the fight but um, if he stays on his feet, he wins that fight, no problem. I think he'll just uh, he'll look box him and out manoeuvre him. And if he can stay on his feet and not get caught with that right hand, then it's uh, it's his it's his fight to lose. I think so. Um, I thought he won the first one, um, and, and he can definitely do it again. The second one, if he stays on his feet, and that's uh, his fight to lose. If if, if he wins, he's <coughs> back being the daddy. Nice, he's back being the dad of the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Like I said, we've spoke about Ramirez. Like, everything that's pointing right now is a, a bright 2020 for yourself under the, like, obviously, with MTK top rank. We've mentioned that before. Ramirez, you know, undisputed fight, fighting Crawford, blah, blah, blah. I mean, what are your, if I ask you now, just what are your hopes right now for this time next year? Where would you like to be? If I sat in this, this, <laughs> you sat in that seat, same jumper on, same, same rubber and jumper on, and you, what would you like to be? What would you like to I'd be for? talking to you as undisputed world champion, or maybe even a two weight world champion. You know, that's a uh, short term goals. I'm not looking past it. I want to, I want to get this past this the uh, mandatory defence, mm-hmm. and then get that undisputed fight and win and beat whoever has, has got the belts and be undisputed champion. So this time next year, I'll be speaking to you as undisputed world champion, and then. Hopefully, chasing fights at uh, welterweight. 
It's well said. That's, that's the goals. Definitely. Well, I've got to ask as well, Josh, because it's my job sort of thing, but there was a statement uh, released yesterday on Twitter from Cycle Promotions, your old promotional company. They said, basically, they just uh, relayed the disappointment on you leaving them and, and whatnot. Um, I just want to get your sort of comments on that, if you have any. Well, my comments are, you've seen it on Twitter, so I've put I've put my my statement up on Twitter as well. So that's really what I want to want to say on that. Um, I don't really want to start getting into verbal stuff and all that about it. I've said what I have to say about it, and uh, that's it. You know, leave it in the hands of whoever has to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, as I said, I've I've said it on Twitter. Hopefully, I can do it amicably, but. Just need to wait, wait and see, but that's all. That's all I want to say about it. I've, I've done my bit on Twitter, responded to their statement, and it's there for it's a. Leave it that sort of thing. It's yeah. there for to be seen. What I've said, so it's there for to be seen. So that's all I want to say on that, and just want to focus on moving on with my career and uh, lose that belly. These fights, I ain't losing this, losing a wee bit of this weight, this dad bod that I've been going <laughs> at the minute. Too much pigs in blankets, and, uh, stuffing and turkey and bacon and everything. <laughs> yeah, the seafood diet yeah, for a couple the of weeks. The seafood diet, see it, and don't don't eat it. I mean, I don't think there's much else to talk about. I mean, obviously, great news for yourself and your career going forward. Mm. I mean, like I said, top rank, one of the biggest promotional companies in. I mean, Bob Arum, bloody promoted Muhammad Ali. Do mm. you know what I mean? And NTK, Aye. they're doing wonders for their fighters as well. You're underneath that banner as well. So, big twenty twenty ahead for you, Josh. You got any final comments you'd like to add? Or no, that's it. Just stay. Uh, Stay tuned and uh, hopefully get some fight news and exciting news for you all soon. So, aye, cheers, troops. Well said, Josh. Cheers. Mate. cheers. <laughs>
you know, to get Deontay Wilder irritated. But like I said, it's a very intriguing story. Also in the camp, they was talking about when Anthony Joshua was there at the same time. As you can see in this picture, uh, they were in camp together. You can see young Anthony Joshua there with Dylan White. Um, Dylan White posting a picture on Instagram back in the day saying, the team, he told Sky Sports News, I wanted to punch Joshua up at first because he was talking a lot of smack. There was genuine annoyance there. Bashir Ali and a couple of guys stopped me getting at him and then it sort of got squashed. It was a bit edgy. I can't imagine a camp where both Dylan White and Anthony Joshua are in the same room punching bags and sparring uh, together. That will be a bit crazy. I don't think they ended up sparring um, at the camp. Obviously, it says here White says an initial offer to spar with Joshua was accepted but later declined with both fighters already on a collision course for their eventual British title battle in 2015. Wouldn't want to be in that room. I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of tension around that time. But it's a very uh, interesting article here by Sky Sports News. Go check it out if you haven't and make sure to subscribe. To hey, my fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking the icon right here and hit the bell button so that every time we upload a new video, you get an alert so that you don't miss out. It seems like every other day, there's a different name being penciled in to face Adam Kaunaki on March 7th at the Barclays Center. In this particular instance, it's Robert Hellenius. Now, this really is disappointing. You see, if he would have fought Dominic Brazil, although it's not as enticing as the Joe Joyce fight, I can understand why they were fighting Brazil. And look, at least Brazil has fought for the world title a couple of times. He's a tough guy. He's been in some shootouts. We know he's going to give it his all. He's going to you know, give 100% every time he steps in the ring, Dominic Brazil win or lose. But Robert Hellenius? What on earth was Al Heyman and Kalnaki's management thinking? Even considering Robert Hellenius as an opponent for him. That's terrible. Robert Hellenius just got stopped by Gerald Washington, a guy who Kalnaki took out in two rounds. Robert Hellenius has been washed for years and he was never that good to begin with. I mean, who hasn't Robert Hellenius lost to? He got knocked out by Johan Duopa a couple years ago. Badly knocked out. <laughs> He's, he got, he uh, lost to Dylan White. He got battered from pillar to post when he was in his prime by Derek Chisora over 12 rounds. Like, come on, people. Robert Hellenius? What's going on there? Why can't they make Kaunaki Brazil? If they don't want to make Kaunaki Joyce, why not Kaunaki Brazil? I mean, they're all PBC fighters, right? Last I checked, Joyce had some kind of deal with Al Heyman. We know Brazil's an Al Heyman fighter. I mean, isn't Hellenius with somebody else? Maybe I'm wrong. I thought Hellenius was with ESPN. So they can make that fight, but they can't make an in-house fight. Bizarre. Now, obviously, if you're matching somebody so softly, as Kaunaki may be being matched here against Hellenius, that you don't care where the opponent is based, whether he's a ESPN guy, Dazonga, you don't care. If, if you're just going to bring in a cream puff for your guy to knock over, it doesn't need to be in-house. <laughs> you know, and that appears to be what the situation is right here. Very, very strange stuff. I hope that somebody comes to their senses somewhere and Hellenius is scrapped as the opponent and instead, we get to see Kaunaki against either Brazil or Joe Joyce or somebody of that kind of level. 
but please not Helenia. I, I, I can't see Helenius lasting long, to be honest with you, against Kaunaki, especially given recent form. I mean, Helenius of a few years ago, maybe. I might have gone the distance with Kaunaki back in the days. But the Helenius of right now, who's been getting stopped by Duopa and getting stopped by, you know, uh, Gerald Washington of all people. Who the hell does Gerald Washington stop? Well, he stopped Robert Helenius. <laughs> so not a good look, people. Let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. If you've got any more recent information on this, then please drop links to uh, enlighten us all. All right, it's happening. I'm out. Hatman merch is now available. We got t-shirts, vests, hoodies, and more. Just click the link below. I'm reading this article here on TalkSport, and they have listed Tyson Fury's sparring partners for his rematch with Deontay Wilder. And they go as follows. George Fox, who is Don Charles' son. He's a 3-0 heavyweight prospect. David Adelaide, or Adelaide, I'm not sure how to pronounce that surname. If you're Nigerian, please feel free to give me the correct pronunciation in the comments. Anybody who ain't Nigerian or at the very least West African, fall back. I only want to hear from people who actually know what they're talking about, all right? So David Adelaide, he's a 1-0 prospect from the UK, and also Jared Anderson, who's a 2-0 prospect from America. So essentially, as far as we know, Tyson Fury's brought in a bunch of novices to help him prepare for the Wilder rematch. I'm expecting Tyson Fury to bring in a lot more sparring partners than this. Perhaps I'm wrong, but I'm expecting there to be a lot more than this. Now, the angle that TalkSport are coming from appears to be that Tyson Fury has somehow ducked the AJ sparring because AJ offered to spar him. Tyson Fury apparently accepted, but how come AJ's not on the sparring lineup that we see so far. Well, being realistic, perhaps AJ is going to fly into Spar Fury a couple weeks from now. I mean, there's still quite a while before the actual fight. Maybe, a, a what is it, a month or so now? A little over a month. So maybe AJ will come in closer to the fight. Or perhaps Fury's team decided, you know what? We don't think it's a good idea for you to be going to war with Anthony Joshua in sparring leading up to the Wilder fight. AJ's got a different style to Wilder. You guys are both going to have egos. You're both battling to be, in, to be the king not only of the heavyweight division worldwide, but also to have bragging rights in Britain for who's the daddy in Britain. So I can imagine that Javon Sugarhill, Andy Lee, they might not think it's such a great idea for Tyson Fury to be sparring AJ because it's, it's kind of like a distraction, you know? Personally, if I was training Fury, that's how I would feel. Like, this is a distraction for you. I think the sparring would benefit AJ far more because he doesn't have a fight scheduled right now. So for him to go in there, he can just be thinking about himself. Learning about what Fury does in the ring, you know? looking for weaknesses, trying things out, what works and what doesn't work. AJ will be going in there thinking, okay, this is how I'm going to learn how to beat Fury and test myself and find out whether I've got enough right now. Whereas for Fury, he needs to be concentrating on Wilder. He doesn't need to be sidetracked by AJ. You know, that doesn't mean that Fury's scared of AJ or anything like that. But again, it may not be Fury himself. It might be his team 
who are being sensible in all honesty and saying, you know what? He don't need to get distracted by this guy. Forget about AJ. If he wants to spar AJ, let, let's wait until after the fight. Then maybe he can spar AJ in his downtime. That would be a more sensible way to approach it. So, look, it's unusual when you get two very high-profile fighters sparring each other. That's very unusual. Yeah? I'm not saying it could never happen, and I personally think AJ was absolutely deadly serious about his offer because that's how AJ is. He's a different kind of person the way he thinks and with the stuff that he does. Uh, but I can totally understand why Fury's team wouldn't want it. As far as AJ's team, I mean, I can understand why Hearn might not want AJ to go over there and spar Fury because Fury talks trash about AJ at the best of times. If AJ was to spar Fury and then maybe Fury gets the best of it in sparring, how would Eddie Hearn live down all the trash talk coming out of Tyson Fury after that? Maybe there'd be videos and stuff like that. Maybe there'd be carefully edited videos to make it look as though Tyson Fury was just dominating the whole time. You know, kind of like the video David Hay released of him sparring Deontay Wilder. It made it look as though Hay was just smashing Wilder to pieces. But the reality is it was 50-50 sparring. He just didn't show the bits where Wilder was doing well. Okay, most of them anyway. And David Hay admitted to this. So I can understand why Eddie Hearn might not be keen. But in terms of Anthony Joshua's training team, I'm going to guess that they probably wouldn't mind AJ going out there to spar Tyson Fury. You know, they might actually think it's quite a good idea. It's just uh, the, the promoters and stuff like that might not be so keen. So I don't know. Either way, hopefully we get to see Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury in a professional ring fighting each other. Then we won't need to worry about who sparred who or who took up who's sparring off or who turned down who's sparring. We won't need to worry about none of that if these two guys actually get in the ring for a professional fight. And if Tyson Fury comes through against Deontay Wilder twice, remember, there's definitely going to be a rematch because I can't imagine Tyson Fury stopping Wilder. It's possible if he walks Wilder onto the right kind of punch, you never know. But in all probability, if he beats Wilder, it's going to be on points. Yeah? And he's going to have to do that twice. If he manages to come through two fights against Wilder and beat him on points twice, assuming Wilder takes the rematch, but I have to be certain, I'm 99.9% .9 certain Wilder will take the rematch if he loses. If Fury loses and he gets devastatingly knocked out the first time, you know, in, in this rematch, there probably won't be a third fight. But if if uh, Fury wins and he beats Wilder on points, Wilder's definitely going to take that rematch. So if Fury gets two, three them two Wilder fights, wins on points both times, then maybe we'll see AJ versus Fury. Because what else is there for Fury after that? Other than the massive homecoming fight against Anthony Joshua for all the marbles, all the belts. So we'll see. Heavyweight division, red hot, golden era, and expect the unexpected. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. It's Hatman, I'm out. Hatman merch is now available. We got t-shirts, vests, hoodies, and more. Just click the link below. Jaime Munguia makes a successful debut at 160 pounds with an 11th round stoppage of Spike O'Sullivan. Now, 
Personally, I thought it was a decent performance by Jaime Munguia. I know some people are saying that he should have got Spike O'Sullivan out of there early. And Munguia was saying that he was going to take O'Sullivan out in, what, four rounds? Reason being, uh, David Lemieux, of course, knocked Spike O'Sullivan out in the first round. So people are expecting Munguia to do the same thing. Listen, people. For all of David Lemieux's flaws, and there are many, one thing he has is tremendous punching power. David Lemieux, is he at 168 now? I think he is. But at 160, David Lemieux was a phenomenal puncher. He didn't have amazing boxing skills. In fact, his boxing skills are terrible. Balance was very poor. Quite easy to get David Lemieux off balance. Defense is not good. I'm not saying he's cowardly necessarily, but he's not the most spirited fighter either, David Lemieux. I likened him in the past to a poor man's Nigel Ben, kind of a, a budget Ben. That's how I saw David Lemieux. And also, he's a little vulnerable around the chin, okay? But when it comes to punching power, Lemieux's right up there with the very best, when he was at middleweight anyway, the very best punches in the division. So, I don't want to mark Jaime Munguia, who's a big guy at 154 moving up to 160. I don't want to mark him down too much for not being able to get rid of Spike O'Sullivan. Because Munguia has things which David Lemieux doesn't have. Munguia, even though he's not Floyd Mayweather either, he's more cultured in his boxing approach than David Lemieux. That really goes to show you how rough around the edges and uncultured David Lemieux is, technically. Because Munguia's better than him. Munguia's more polished. And now that he's with Eric Morales... That's Mungia's trainer. You can see certain technical improvements as he goes along. He's very enthusiastic. He's very energetic. Morales is trying to bring some technique to the table. And it's working as far as I'm concerned. He's not a one-punch knockout artist, Mungia. But he does have respectable power. And the most impressive thing for me about Jaime Mungia is his energy. He's only 23 years old. And he fights like... You know, well, let me not say he fights like, but he has the kind of energy levels that you'd expect from a 23-year-old. He has that youthful exuberance about him. And so he went in there. He was popping a jab against Spike O'Sullivan. He was using his height and reach quite well in spots. At times, he was trading, of course. And O'Sullivan, at a certain level, was a decent puncher at 160. He hit Mungia with some shots, maybe buzzed him a few times, but never got him in serious trouble. And Munguia really proved to be the better fighter in the long run. The better boxer, the more durable guy, the more talented guy, the guy with the faster hands. And he eventually ground Spike O'Sullivan down. O'Sullivan, a tough veteran, he was hit low a couple times in the fight and he made the most of it. It's not like he wasn't hit low. He was hit low, but he made the most of it. You know, he spat his gum shield out, tried to give himself some extra time to recover, but it wasn't really extra time to recover from the low blows. Let's face it. It was extra time to get his stamina back for the next exchange. <laughs> That's what it was. So Spike O'Sullivan was pulling off the veteran uh, tactics in there, making the most of the low blows, but it was to no avail because he got taken out in the end anyway, in the 11th. So, yeah, personally, I felt like it was a, a decent performance by Jaime Munguia. Now, Munguia is a former world champion at a lower weight. 
but he doesn't really have a champion's resume, does he? You look at the guys he's fought, there's nobody on his record particularly impressive. So from a, a boxing perspective, you know, I'm not too hot on Hammy Mungir at this point. But from a marketing perspective, and when I say boxing perspective, I'm talking about his resume, what he's actually done, and where I would rate him in the grand scheme of things. But from a marketing perspective, and maybe even from a fighter development perspective, they're doing a good job with Jaime Munguia. You see, I don't like it when you've got somebody with a belt calling themselves a world champion, but they're not willing to fight everybody. And Jaime Munguia at 154, he didn't unify. But now he's stepped up a weight division. He doesn't have a belt. He's on that same kind of trajectory fighting the Spike O'Sullivan's of the world. You know, not the best fighters out there, but these are learning fights. These are development fights. And they're also fights which allow Jaime Munguia to build his profile and grow his fan base. So I think Golden Boy are doing a very good job building Jaime Munguia's profile. We know that Mexicans love to support their fighters. And if you saw how enthusiastic the crowd were uh, for this particular fight, in fact, they're always enthusiastic for Munguia fights. You can see that what Golden Boy are doing is definitely working. So yeah, they're, they're doing well there. They're building him. And they're also developing him as a fighter. So we'll see how far he can go. After the fight, he called out Canelo, Golovkin, the Charlos. He didn't mention Demetrius Andrade. Andrade, of course, is also a disowned fighter. So that's somebody he, he really should have been mentioning. Perhaps that's someone who Golden Boy would rather avoid. You know, maybe they feel like stylistically, Andrade might be the most difficult fight out there for Jaime Munguia. Because Golovkin... He's an aging fighter at this point. He's not exactly a fancy Dan. He's going to stand right in front of you. And a young, enthusiastic kid like Jaime Munguia, particularly after Golovkin's last performance against Derevchenko, people might give him a serious chance now against Golovkin. He was supposed to actually fight Golovkin. Was it a year or two ago? As a late substitute, but it never happened. Perhaps it could happen later on this year. We'll see. If there's enough money in that for Golovkin, would he do it? I mean, maybe if Jaime Munguia can pick up some kind of world title somewhere, fight Golovkin down the line, we'll see. And the other fights, Charlo, I mean, Charlo against Munguia, Golden Boy are going to want it on the zone. I would imagine anyway. Is Charlo going to come to the zone? I mean, he doesn't seem to want to come to the zone for Andrade. Maybe they'll put up more money for him to come to the zone for Munguia enough to tempt him over. And the other names, well, Canelo Alvarez, would he fight Munguia right now? Canelo Alvarez in the past has said that he doesn't like fighting fellow Mexicans. But of course, he has fought fellow Mexicans before several times in his career. I mean, numerous times when he was, you know, a young prospect coming up. But I'm talking about in recent years, he said he doesn't like fighting fellow Mexicans. Uh, would he still feel the same way about Jaime Munguia? I guess it all depends on how much money he's being paid. And how much he stands to gain from the fight. Again, if Munguia can pick up a belt, then maybe Canelo will be more interested. But will Canelo come back down to 160 again? That's the thing. He's been up as high as 175. Maybe 168 is the weight for Canelo now. Might be very difficult for him to get back down to middleweight. We'll see. Let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. Do you like Jaime Munguia? What chance do you give him against the top guys at 160? Jamal Charlo? Uh, Canelo Alvarez, if he comes back down, 
Gennady Golovkin, Derevenchenko, and others. Uh, maybe even Chris Eubank Jr., who knows? Drop your comments below, let me know how you feel. It's Hatman, I'm out. Hatman merch is now available. We got t-shirts, vests, hoodies, and more. Just click the link below.